What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast, episode 60. For the second week in a row, I have a guest joining me. Uh, the show noob is here. We'll call him noob. He is not a noob, but we're going to keep calling him that. Ah, debatable. <laughs> What's going on, man? Thank you for joining me. Dude, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be on. Noob is a, uh, a listener of the podcast. He is a faithful subscriber of twitch.tv slash kdjtv and a steam subscriber so that's right man he's one of the good ones (laughs) i appreciate that i appreciate that i try it's actually funny because before i hopped in your stream i had discovered your podcast like a year ago from this month it's crazy i had no idea who you are and then i heard the voice when i jumped in your stream and i was like dude this sounds familiar (laughs) sounds really familiar and then when you told me about your podcast I went to follow and I had already been following for so long. And I was there like, you go. oh shit. That's called well, destiny. That's right. That's called that's fate, destiny. Man. You call it whatever you want. Um, so funny thing about today's recording. Uh, it's Sunday. It's uh, October 17th. I was going to record today anyway. I was just going to record by myself because I didn't know really if I could get anybody. I didn't really have an idea of much to talk about. And then I'm in stream. I streamed this morning, uh, twitch.tv slash KDJTV. Again, I'm going to plug it. Um, and one of my mods, Shane, Shane Payne, you, if you're in my streams, you know who Shane is, was like, just put Noob on. And Noob was like, what? What did, what did I miss? I was, <laughs> I was away from the computer. And I'm like, you know, let's get on the podcast. And he was all about it. So here we are. Hell yeah, man. Excited. Super <laughs> excited, man. Um, so, guys, before we hop into, like, the actual conversation, just a few quick things. Not sure of a stream schedule for this week. I will stream at some point. I just, you know, my whole week's up in the air. My whole next two or three weeks are up in the air because we're moving. So my life beyond this little square that you see is in boxes. Just everything over there is in boxes. So we're, we're, we're moving, trying to figure that out. Um, if you'd like to make sure I can afford paying rent in my new house by the merch, uh, the merch is pinned in the YouTube uh, description, pinned in my, my Twitter. Um, anything you buy, tag me in what you buy and, you know, Show it off. I'll love you forever for it. But we're going to talk about some content today. Eighth inning program dropped this week with varying amounts of fire, because there's definitely some fire, but then there's definitely some like, I would have liked this card a month ago, which seems to be the MO at this point in the game. Um, before we hop into like specifics, though, what, what's your take on the overall eighth inning program? I love the eighth inning program just because just because of Hank and I'm a Braves homer, so I got to play with Hank. He's the number one choice, and like, there's no one else. Hank's the move. I'll I might buy maybe Chris Sale with Stubbs. Who's the other one? Who's the other one? Are you, uh, do you Ernie mean Banks? Willie? Yeah, Ernie ba- Ernie Banks. Oh geez, I'm an <laughs> idiot. Oh, I'm such he's an in idiot. Braves. Mode. Listen, yeah, he's in, in Braves, Braves mode, mode, guys, because the Braves are are sky high right now. Um, after taking the first game from the Dodgers. But Willie is the pick anyway. That's yeah, what, I know that's, that's what you're talking about. Insert Willie in uh, that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's Willie's there's no editing in this podcast, so that's going live. Just <laughs> letting everybody right, know. <laughs> all right. That's cool. That's cool. There, <laughs> anyone who's been in my chats has uh, has heard me fumble with English. English is my only only language, but I speak it like it's my third language. Gotcha. So, yeah, well, I've been yeah. there. But yeah, Willie is the fattest of wins. Um, you just look at his attributes. I have it next to me here. The only thing he can't do is bunt and God damn it. Ramon, let him bunt, let him bunt Ramon. Dude, um, I don't even know what the triangle button does. What's that do? <laughs> uh, I certainly can't bunt at all. So, I mean, I don't even use it, but you look at this Willie Mays card. They gave him a first base secondary, which is just egregiously hysterical. He's going to be, if you can manage his swing, which I understand is a big if because a lot of people struggle with his swing. I'm one of them. But Me if you too. can manage his swing, he's like end game, put him wherever you want. I uh, I finally made World Series last year when he was the uh, World Series pick. Mm. And I started off so rough with him. I never used his card before. 
I, I was starting to get it, but I never got over 300 average with him. But uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing something different this time. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, the way I view Willie, he is the Hank upgrade. I like Hank Aaron. For some reason, against right-handed pitching, I can't hit. And he hits a lot of singles for me. I need this man to elevate. I need him to get under the ball. I need him to shoot the ball over the fence. So I think Willie would be the upgrade to Hank, but their swings are similar in that fast stuff inside might be tough. I agree. I agree. I've kind of had the same problem with Frank Thomas. Oh, Frank, like he's absolutely. He's a singles machine, man. He's a yeah. singles machine. Yeah. I hit more bombs with uh, Marcus Semyon than Frank Thomas. I don't know how. That doesn't but, make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense at all. Nothing I do really makes sense. <laughs> but uh, it, there's just so many cards now, like so many end-game outfield cards. It's just hard to hard to pick and choose, even tops now cards. Yeah, like, because, ridiculous. you know, let's just look at the way things stand. I know a lot of people at this point of recording haven't gotten Willie Mays yet, but let's operate under the assumption that he's in the ether now so people will get him. Your outfield basically has to have Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays in some capacity. Then – you have people rolling Mookie out there. I have him at second base to get him in the lineup. You have people rolling uh, Vlad Sr. out there, who might be my forever right fielder after his performance today on, on stream. He's, he's so good. He's gross. He's so good. Um, Yelich is in that conversation. People will think I'm crazy, but I'll say it and shout it from the mountaintops every day. Cody Bellinger's never leaving my team. He might find his way to the bench, but he's never leaving my team. I love that card. Um I'm sure yeah, I'm missing. Great swing. I mean, we can go back through it now. I mean, you could argue that Kyle Schwarber is an outfielder, but if you play him there, you're out of your friggin' mind. Uh, yo, 99 took, Chris Taylor, honestly, like 99 Chris Taylor is not bad. Yo, uh, Kike Hernandez, too. Kike. He's, uh, he's been mashing the ball for me in the event. 99 Kemp. Some people are still running out there with 98 Cedric Mullins. Plenty of options. Like, we don't need to actually name every single one, but the, the point here is that outfield is incredibly deep. So, Hopefully we don't get many more outfielders. Babe Ruth would probably be the next and only one we're missing. Uh, Puckett, but no yeah, one's going to play with Curry. Feel Puckett. the same way. He'd probably be like the lefty, the lefty Willie Mays at first base or Hank Aaron. I think so. I think probably so. a better description. Yeah. So you know, and then finest is coming most likely. We're all assuming it anyway. That's going to dump at least eight more outfield cards on us. Juan Soto is going to be in everybody's lineup. So. Outfield's tough. It's all about preference. And if you hit well with six guys, I'm sorry you have to make that decision because yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it tough, sucks. man. Um, Dude, it's a battle. It is. So I'm, I'm determined this year to hit well with Willie Mays. I can't tell you for certain if it'll work, but I am certainly too, going man. to try. Yeah, um, how many at-bats do you usually give someone before you know it's time to switch? That's a fantastic question because you always should try every card. If you have the ability to, you should try a card before you knock it. Um, I don't know if I have like a benchmark. I can kind of just feel it. Like I, I, I knew that. right away that I didn't love Hank Aaron's swing. I've continued to use him to give him his time because it is the right thing to do. But I could tell from like the first 20 ABs, I was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, I understand that. And like I think it's so important to get off to a hot start because mm -hmm. it kind of just sets the tone. If you're uh if you go like four for thirty in the first thirty ABs, it's it's really tough to come back from that. It's for me, because I'm kind of like pressing. Yeah. I'm just like I need this guy to do good, especially with mm -hmm. a guy like Frank Thomas, who has basically maxed out hitting sets. Mm -hmm. Just like I gotta make this work. But at, at a certain point, you just can't make it work and you mm -hmm. just gotta find someone else. Pressing with new cards is, is tough because that's obviously everyone wants to hit with those new cards. Um, you know, what I like is taking new cards into events before I do anything with them. Events are no pressure situations. I mean, in theory, you have a lot of sweaties who play events lately um, and people who are trying to freeze you off in an events game, which is just crazy oh, yeah. to me. But you can take Hank Aaron into events and if he goes over 20, no one gives a shit. Just get his swing down. Sure, your batting average is going to suffer from it. And if you care about that, like I partially do, you know, I like nice big yeah, numbers. Me too, man. I love um, uh, 350. 350 is a great above number. 350 is amazing. Yeah. So you take your guys into events. You hope they play well. And uh, I don't know. I, I can I can tell from the start, basically, to get back to the original question. Like if he's got a hitch in his swing, if getting to the inside pitch is tough, if he's 
maybe if he's got too long of a swing, I, I just go based on feel. Yeah. Who was um, it at the beginning of the year that their swing was all messed up and they actually had to fix it? Um, I think it was Jason Bay. Yes. Where yes, he had was. like zero movement whatsoever, zero leg kick or something. I think Vladdy, Vladdy Jr. had that on one of his cards for a little while. Did too. he really? Yeah. They fixed it pretty early on. Um, but yeah, God, I don't, how, how long do you usually give a card? Do you have a minimum number of at-bats? Um, I, I used to go for maybe like 60 to 75 at-bats. Okay. And um, I just, I haven't been playing that much ranked this year. So it's been, it's been kind of tough. I, I've missed a couple content drops, like with timing, like I'll go three weeks without playing a ranked game. And then the cards I was going to use or keep using, they've been kind of phased out. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, damn, there's so many good cards that I'm going to try out. Like my lineup looks completely different right now than it did maybe like three, four weeks ago. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I've also played much less ranked this year than in years past, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, Same. The, you know, the game is not good. But the, the other reason being I have, you know, thank goodness I have improved enough this year to make World Series like within 20 games a season. I That's don't need to play huge. 50, 60 games. And as I've said before, the second I make World Series, I'm putting ranked down until the next season starts. I'm not playing on Legend. I refuse to. Hell yeah. No, just absolutely I, no shame in that, man. Yeah. Um, I so, can't catch up to the fastball and hall of fame, man. Uh, today. Yeah. Today on stream was rough. Um, however, we could, we could talk about that quickly yeah. before we keep diving into the eighth. So you do it, what good players do, man. I got one hit in my first ranked game this morning uh, by Justin Verlander. The man beat me one, nothing. Cause he got two hits. The barn burner of a baseball game. So I hopped into another one. I was like, great. It can't be worse. And then it started out worse because P5 DeGrom was on the mound. Tough scene. I was down 4 nothing. Vlad Jr. hit a home run to make it 4-1. Started to get the gears moving a little bit. And then this man did an oopsie. He, after Guerrero came up again and singled with like one out in the sixth, took out DeGrom up 4-1 and put in Gregory Soto to face Kyle Schwarber, which late in the game is a perfectly sane move. Like ninth inning, you want to do that? I won't say it worked. But in the sixth inning, when DeGrom is basically carving me up, that was silly. So I took out Schwarber for Salvi. Salvi went yard. Then uh, what were we down? It was 4-3. Then he then I tied it, I think, at 4-4. I think so. Moral, moral of the story is I was down 6-4 in the ninth inning at that point, and we went to my SDS uh, church. In, on stream to pray to Ramon and uh, Ramon listened to me because I proceeded to hit two home runs. Juan Soto tied it with two outs in the ninth. And then I walked it off in the 10th. It was incredible. Incredible Dude, game, you, wild game, stupid game, but Hey, you know, it was fun. You did what good players do, man. You did you calmed down and yeah. you just focused and, you know, walked it off, man. It's beautiful. Absolutely I also, beautiful. this could be an entire separate episode on itself. We won't do it today, but, I really paid attention to quirks last night. For some reason, I just disregard most quirks other than outlier because that's the only one that makes me angry. <laughs> but I looked at all my uh, God squad players quirks and 97 home run derby. Juan Soto has fighter as a quirk. And for casual people who do not know fighter means performs better in the ninth inning or later. So he is my ninth inning pinch hitter for the rest of the season. And he hit a home run in the ninth inning with two outs. It was beautiful. Dude, I had no idea. Like if, if anyone's listening can see my face right now, like it's hilarious. I had no, I had no idea about that quirk. He actually has two quirks that work there. He has rally monkey performs better when your team is losing and fighter performs better in the ninth. Those are the two situations I was exactly in. And he hit a home run to tie it. Like the quirks work maybe. Well, he's going on my bench now. Yeah, it's craziness. <laughs> um, and Soto's got such a pretty swing anyway. So, I mean, I'm, I'm good with him pretty, pretty really much any time in, in the game. That finest last year, dude. Chef's kiss. Oh, I can't wait for his, so his new finest with better fielding. Um, all right, so let's get, yeah. let's get back to, to the eighth inning here. Um, we talked about Willie Mays, who was disgusting, although he might have a learning curve. Um, Ernie Banks, MVP. Third base secondary, obviously a primary shortstop, one of the best shortstops in baseball history. 122 power right, 102 power left. I think they hold him on the power left. I think they hold him on power in general. He should he yeah. should be close to max. Um, At least 110. 
versus left. What does his um, collection card have? Oh, question. Let's, let's look. see this. Let's look. Let's look. It's it's got to be pretty good, but he doesn't have the righty stats against. Uh, I don't think he has the righty stats on the collection card. Yeah, he doesn't. It's a uh, 125 contact, 101 power versus left. And what type of card is that? It's his breakout. Breakout. For collecting the NL Central. So his breakout card has 125, 101. But, but his, his inning stat. boss has 114, 102. Great. So that's silly. Um, I know it's based off his 1958 season exactly, so his splits probably echoed that better. But let's just let's juice these guys. I mean, it's it's October. Let, let's juice these cards. He's got he's got 92 fielding. He's he's a star fielder. 83 arm. That's good. Um, 86 reaction. It will get up to 91, so that's good. Speed is not terrible. Ernie Banks another one of those old timey guys who stands like right on top of the plate, so the inside pitches might be hard to get to. Uh, but he's going to be a lefty. Well, I mean, he, in theory, he's going to be a lefty killer based on how his swing operates, but I, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, that speed, I think hurts him defensively, you know, mm-hmm. having speed up the middle is really, really crucial, mm-hmm. but still he's going to be a masher. He's going to crush the ball. Yeah. I needed, lefties, like you said, yeah, I needed this card to blow me away to replace Wander. And at this point, unless a finest shortstop comes out that blows me away, it's like official that Wander's never leaving my life. Wander's nasty, man. He's so nasty. Like, it doesn't even seem like I'm doing very well with him, but he's hitting like 360 for me. Mm-hmm. He just has the ability to make solid contact on basically any pitch. And even though his, I mean, he's got sneaky power. Like I'll hit the ball out with him, but he's just going to be a singles, keep the line moving type of guy. And that's all you need. Plus his defense is fantastic. Defense, fantastic. Switch hitting, you name it, so good, just across the board. Mm-hmm. And of the final card in the eighth inning, the three hundred strikeout club, Chris Sale. <sighs> I mean, you know, there's not much to say. It is what it is. His hits per nine sucks because SDS realized that they dropped too high of SDS, uh, too high of hits per nine rather, too early. So they were like, "Yeah, we'll just make all the rest of the cards suck." I don't get it, man. The hits per nines, like I don't understand if they want if people want to not see Degrom and Verlander all the time they got to make hits per nine like get better so we see different people instead mm-hmm. of just you know one out of three times you're going to be facing Degrom or especially because everyone has him you can give me this exact Chris Sale like this exact card in the fifth inning and give me Verlander now like just switch the order that's all I ask we can have the same card just switch them absolutely um but this Chris Sale has 101 hits per nine Again, not great. However, 96 control, which will obviously P5 up or parallel up to, to being max 99. 96 velo, 99 break. His delivery is always difficult for me to read. His slider ends up being so slow. Even if you think you've timed it right, you probably haven't. They gave him a sinker, which is just typical SDS giving pitchers <laughs> things they don't have. Um Pitch differentials are nice. His pitch control, he's got perfect 99 control on the fastball and circle change, plus 93 control on the slider, 95 on the sinker. His pitch breaks are basically max except for the sinker, but you don't need his sinker to move a ton. Um, I mean, the only thing holding him back is the hits per nine. That's it. That's it. And then it's a righty-heavy meta, even hitters right now. That's true, man. It's hard to find a good lefty bat to keep in the lineup. It's the only um, reason I still have Schwarber in mind because yeah, you know I've been a little inconsistent with him, but he is a powerful lefty. He's a great lefty. Like I can't, I couldn't get it going with him, but I could really get it going with Luis Gonzalez. His mm-hmm. uh, TA four card really good. That's you know having Schwarber in the lineup is what led to my comeback win today. Not because Schwarber did anything well; he didn't do shit. But the fact of the matter that he was just in the lineup forced my opponent to think, overthink put in a lefty, and then the rest of my lineup mashed against it. It's so true. So you got to play mental warfare, guys. Mental warfare, it's important. Every Um, little thing matters. Yeah. And you look at the rest of the program, you know, those are the bosses, obviously. Everything after the boss pack is the typical bullshit they give you that we've had for months. Uh, A 42 series, uh, uh, you know, home run derby, all-star game, field of dreams, whatever. But you go back and you go to the, where'd they go? Eighth inning classics. They gave us a piece of crap card 
a card everybody wanted and a card nobody thought we'd get, but was incredible. So Brian Anderson, finest from what year is that? 2019, I think. Um, uh, maybe 18. 18 or 19. I think it's 19. Yeah, I think you're right. It's uh, it's terrible. Don't even look at it. Don't bother. Just put it in your collection. If you, if you buy it cheap enough later on, we can just move on from that entirely. Um, 2019 finest Mitch Garver. Nasty card. Very nasty. You could use it in ranked. I mean, his contact versus right is very low, but he's going to hit bombs. Yeah, and he's Mitch basically like a, he's like Mike Zanino's TA3 card. Except if you love well, right. Mitch Garver's swing, like I mean that that's going to play. Yeah, that's going right. to that's going to be a beast of a BR card. Oh yeah, oh yeah, crazy good absolute card. demon. Mm-hmm. And you know his defense sucks, but you're not picking him for defense, so it's fine. Oh. Um, so it's a fun little card. You know, that's the type of eighth inning classic or henchman pack that, or henchman card rather, where you're like, oh, okay, SDS, that's cool. Like, it's not complete, just cannon fodder. Yeah, this time of the year, it's perfect for team builds. Mm-hmm. If you're a Twins fan, dude, it's going to be a nasty piece of the lineup. I wish that they would incentivize team building more, like have a team build mode where you That'd can just, cool, man. just like your all-time A's team, it has to be all-time A's. And then you could play online against all-time whatever team. That's such a good idea, man. I've never heard it before. Like, it, but that's it, fantastic. They might have to lock it so, like, the player has to be wearing the jersey. You know what I mean? So you can't yeah. have, like, the guy who had a cup of coffee with the Yankees be on the all-time Yankees team. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I can't, I can't put Felix Hernandez on the Braves, can I? In that situation, unfortunately, no. That's unfortunate. <laughs> well, RIP to Cole Hamels, too. Everybody bends the rules for their all, all-time teams, though. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, for a while, had Joe Torre on my all-time Yankees team because he was one of the best managers in, in franchise history. That's true, history. man. So, he wore the uniform. Yeah. Uh, finally, in the, in this uh, Classics pack, this card is endgame bullpen. I don't see, unless they drop five ninety-nine relievers in finest, how it leaves your bullpen. Uh, Blake Trinan, 2018 finest. We know what Blake Trinan does. Power, heavy bowling ball sinker. Really good cutter. Good movement. They gave this card 89 control as a base. That's already so much better than any Trinan's ever had. Um, 118 hits per nine. Relievers are going to have high hits per nine. That's just how it goes. This card's gross. So good, man. I really like that card art too. Yeah, it's cool when they throw it back to the old card arts. I like that's that. Super cool. Me too. Me too. Uh, right now on Sunday, because the program just dropped a couple days ago, it is by now at 130K, a little more than that. But that's a price that's obviously going to climb down um, as this program progresses. Because this card is actually viable, I would think it'll be a little more expensive than the other ones. But we're not talking six figures. We're probably talking maybe like 40 or 50K. That's my guess. Yeah, I can see that happening. And uh, you might want to grab a couple of those Mitch Garver, Brian Andersons, because not many people are going to be taking them. Correct. So once the eighth program goes away. Mm-hmm. They're going to get expensive mm-hmm. for people looking for team builds. That's market tips right there from show. Newt. There you go. There you go. I'm not a market guru by any <laughs> means, but uh, I know a couple of things. Uh, the other three new cards they dropped in the eighth inning henchmen's or whatever you call it. They're, they're the throwaway cards. 95 Cy Young Blake Snell. That is just garbage. Uh, I don't know why they're giving Cy Young cards bad attributes, but here we are. Exhibit A. We don't even need to talk about it. Uh, 95 prime Ryan Klesko that nobody asked for. Just stop paying for his rights and allocate that money to a better player, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> 95 300 save club Troy Percival might low-key be kind of sneaky okay just because of his delivery and his differentials. But he doesn't throw anything meta. So, you know, up to you. Very true. It's weird that we haven't gotten a, another Gagne card yet. We have to be getting something better than the 92, right? Yeah, I would think so. Did he have – what was his best season? Did he hit 60 saves? No. Uh, I don't think – I think he hit 50-something. But Let's um, use the internet. because they they pro- Maybe they he'll get a milestone, milestone card. Yeah. For that uh, save streak. Ooh, yes, the save streak. That's right. Yeah, he that saved was wild. 50-some-odd in a row. I think my Braves – I want to say my Braves broke it up. Let's see. Gagne save streak. Most consecutive saves. Oh, shit. 84? That's it was nuts. 84? That's nuts, man. See, now that might. So I don't know how they would do milestone that. Milestone cards for individual game, individual season, and career. But this would be the first one, I think, that would be a stretch. 
of That'd like a, two or three seasons. That would be a really, really big stretch. And they could, if they ever did that, they could do like a hitting streak stretch as well, where like someone's someone had a hitting streak to end the year and then they continued the next year off of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. I mean, that's probably the best way to give, give us a crazy Eric Gagne card, because in my experience, the Eric Gagne cards they've given us have not been that good. At least they're like very readable. I think that's what it comes down to. I think so too. His differentials are so big that I think it might cause him to be super readable. Yeah, like and I think it's just his like delivery five miles an hour. Yeah, his delivery is not too hard to pick up. Because I don't think I mean let's let's go find him real quick because this is worth talking about. Uh, my inventory players Dodgers 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 Dodgers. All right, so the ninety two God they have so many high diamonds it's disgusting. Uh, the ninety two breakout Eric Gagne. 95 hits per nine. That's not good. Um, four seamer that gets up to 95 as a base. That's a little low. I feel like he probably threw a little harder than that. Yeah, um, same here. This only has four pitches. Yeah, I mean, they could probably give us a really good Gagne card if they wanted to. I think they could. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we had a pretty good one last year. I mean, he didn't do, do good for me at all, but he was still fun to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see that. That's one of the cards maybe that people are forgetting that we don't have. Um, again, I think they're waiting too long to give it to us, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right. So overall, uh, overall thoughts on what, what content's been for you. I mean, you know, the wild card and division series programs have given us some really beefy, beefy cards with the eighth inning piggybacking right on top of it. What do you think? I really like the postseason programs. Like the, a couple of those cards are just ridiculous. And the amount of positions they play, like you can work them into a lineup, no matter what you got, if you really wanted to. Like Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor, they can play basically everywhere except for first base and catcher. So, like, you could get them both in there. Again, they're righties. So, granted how you are right on right, you could – if you're really good at hitting that way, you could stack your lineup full of righties. Mm -hmm. It's like that's the meta right now. But if you need that lefty-righty matchup and and stuff like that, you might have to figure out a way to just get one of them or – you're going to figure – you're going to have to figure some things out because it's – you could spend – hours in the manage team screen just like going through cards you could kike kind of reminds me of a diet mookie very similar very similar like distribution of stats um a little less contact left but pretty similar power good swing a lot of positional uh, eligibility you know mookie let's not get it twisted here mookie's still the better card i think his swing is just better but it's a good kike card like a Excuse me. Very good, very usable Kike card. Whoever guessed we were going to get one of the one of the best cards in the game was going to be Kike Hernandez. Like, yeah. if you guess that back in May, you win. Good for you. Like, go buy some lottery tickets. That's funny. I was That's uh, th- so Thuni was our last guest, and you know he was he was great to talk to. We were talking about the Twins and all the players that the Twins decided not to sign in free agency, and Kike was Kike was one of them. So That's I'm sorry. Nuts. I didn't sorry, even know Thuny. that. Yeah. Yeah, Dooney's a great guy. I was actually just listening to that episode a couple days ago. Yeah, he's awesome. Drive home from work. Great dude. Um, Two other cards that came out in the Division Series program that are worth using. Like, you have the fun cards. Abreu's fine. Telez is fun and fine. Arozarena is not as good as last year's Arozarena, but still good. Jock is a pinch hitter. Julio Arias sucks because his Joe random pitch mix. Uh, But Lance McCullers and Logan Webb are both very viable. Logan Webb more so because hits per nine is through the roof, but those are two good cards with meta pitches. Yo, I haven't faced Logan Webb yet, but McCullers sinker moves a lot. That thing moves a lot, a lot. The like, only thing holding them back is their lack of velo. Um, ninety velo for Logan Webb, which might be a little generous, and then ninety six for McCullers actually surprising to me. So I might walk that statement back when it comes to McCullers, but you know they're they're definitely going to be different. You're not going to see them a ton, I don't think, on ranks, but I wouldn't be shocked if I did see them, and I wouldn't fault you for for running them out there. Yeah, same here. I'd be shocked to see Evaldi, though. That's the one dude I would be kind of shocked to see. He's bad. He's not good. Yeah, not Um, very good at all. His fastball is super flat. Yeah, and then you go back to the wild card program, and Chris Taylor, we know how good his swing is. Like you said, he could play everywhere. He's a little faster than Kike. Um the fact that he has 125 power, right? And I don't even think Hank Aaron has 125 power, right? Is very funny to me. But, you know, it's, That's you know, wild. It's, it's what it is. It's fine. Um, 
Yeah. Let's see what else we got to talk about here. No more programs lately. We did get a John Smoltz program recently. Uh, another yeah. brave for you. Another John My Smoltz man. for you. John um, Smoltz, all 17, 18 of them. That was funny in, in the chat this morning on, on stream. The guy was asking, he's like, as a Braves fan, should I put Smoltz in the bullpen? And Newt was like, as a Braves fan, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> terrible choice. Yeah. Terrible choice. Take a lap. <laughs> it's just fastballs pin straight. His splitter you can read out of his hand. He's so easy. He just has the most fluid motion in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Like, I love John Smoltz, one of my idols growing up. But, man, I, I got super stoked when his card came out last year for TA3. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that was when I was first getting into Diamond Dynasty. And I was reading on Twitter, and people were just roasting him. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> it's John Smoltz. And then I used him, and it was it went exactly how they said it would. I used him. Not very good. I actually used him too much last year because I, you know, I've played MLB the show forever, but last year was the first time I realized I'm playing it the wrong way. Like I got a monitor and I did the whole, the whole nine. He was my last like pre monitor pitcher. My oh, last, nice, my last man. error where I was like, Oh wow. I've <laughs> learned a lot. That's um, dope, man. Yeah. So don't use smokes. Just as that's the moral story. Yeah. I, I felt the same way about Greg Maddox. Like all, all my all time Braves pitchers suck on diamond dynasty. Like my mm-hmm. ERA with Greg Maddox last year was about nine and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it was a large sample size. It's like 90 innings or something. I just kept throwing them out there. I'm so, ups- I'm so upset at this year's Greg Maddox because it's cool that they gave him, I think it's a 300 win milestone. I think so. But by giving him that card, you're basically giving him the attributes from that season when he was like 47 years old. So his velo somehow got even worse and he just, you know, it, it hurt him, I think, more than it helped him. Yep, I agree. I didn't even realize it was from, like, the 301 season. Is that how they do it? I think so. Is I it... mean, sometimes it isn't, sometimes it isn't. Like, the, the Miggy 3000 hit card, or, no, sorry, 500 home run card, excuse me. I think that was a compilation of his whole career because there's no way those attributes they gave him are reflective of his current self. Oh, yeah, no way. I think but you're right about that. I don't know. Sometimes it needs to be a little more transparent. Yeah, yeah, I would I would love to know more. Love to know um, like why some of the quirks work the way they are, like what goes into constructing the card, like where do they take the where do they get the ideas for what attributes go where? I would I would love to know that. Like I, I, I find would it love interesting to hear it. I, yeah, I just same here. I, having a stream that explains all that stuff would be really beneficial, but I don't think they want us to know. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that actually. Uh, I also Definitely don't know, like that right stuff that. might change on a year to year basis. They might weigh things differently based on the meta. Like this year, very obviously hits per nine means more than it ever has. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Makes sense. That's um, probably because pinpoint two, I think is kind of exposed some things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And does vision, like what does vision do? I, they've changed that a couple times. Yeah, isn't they? vision now like the outer PCI and helps with foul balls. I think but, you're right. Anybody can foul anything off anyway, so it actually doesn't help. Yeah, I agree. I used to think it was the size of the PCI back when I was just like a franchise dude. Mm-hmm. That's all I thought it was. So I looked at vision nonstop when I was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, then you found out like, oh, I do need guys with high contact. I can't yeah. just have guys that mash the ball over the fence. Yeah, yeah. It was wild, man. It was wild. <laughs> guys, we're you, gonna, what's oh. up? Did you ever get into franchise back uh, in the day? Back in the day, I was heavy franchise. That's all. I mean, that's pre-Diamond Dynasty. That's all I did. And when Diamond Dynasty first started, I was still pretty heavy into franchise. But it's the same. Nothing's changed since then. No, it hasn't, man. I, I was a franchise player back like when MOB The Show came out in 06. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be all I did. Like, I would make my high school lineup in franchise and just sim seasons. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> I love that. I remember, I think it was MLB 2005. It was before the show. It might've been the year before it became the show. I think like Eric Chavez was on the cover, like throwback Eric Chavez. Oh, dude, I know what you're talking about. And I used to play franchise mode and force trades, of course, because I was oh, like yeah. 13 years old. And I could never find a third baseman that I'd like. So I just pick a player, change his position to third, and then go into the stat editor and give them 99 max everything. 
and Dude, you know, yeah. just cheated a little bit. It's fine. Dude, we all did it, man. We all did it. If you said you didn't do that, you're lying. Like yeah. it makes me want to go do it right now. Just I wish. Can you still do numbers. it? Can you do it in this franchise mode or no? You can do it in this franchise mode, but like year to year, the computer knows what you're doing and it'll just like make the decline of the player so much quicker. Mm, that's unfortunate. It's, Damn it, it I, is, man. It really does. But if you want to take the time to like after every season just to go redo it, like go for it. It doesn't take that long. And uh, I haven't done it, but <laughs> anyone else out there listening that wants to do it, go for it. It's fun. Yeah, I'd just love to like get a, a one time. I'd, I'd love to get a better franchise mode because I'd love to be able to do that for content. Me too, man. Me too. I, lo- I love franchise. I-, I hope they just bring some like some form of immersion back. Like there's less things to do in it now than there was in 06 and 07. And I just kind of find that mind blowing. Mm-hmm. But it- they gave ridiculous. us depth charts. They gave us depth charts. True, dude. I love the depth charts. How would I know what where to where to put my players without the depth chart? How I would no I idea. know how deep things are without the depth <laughs> chart? Oh God. Yeah. Well. Guys, let's uh let's take a quick break and hear from our friends, our sponsors, and then we'll uh we're gonna talk about what it's like to be a quote unquote small content creator because uh, there's a lot of us out there and we're just we're just trying to find our way. But first, Thrive Fantasy. It's NFL Sunday. Are you playing fantasy football today? I am, and I'm getting my ass kicked. But Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app that is based around player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like those other apps because it only asks you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA, all the three-letter sports associations you can think of, you can choose five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible, and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make some money during your favorite sports season, use promo code to show the pod when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of 20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by going online to thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Dugout Creative, go buy their stuff. Uh, and when you do go buy their stuff, dugoutcreative.com, use coupon code KDJTV. KDJ TV, you get 15% off your entire order. Uh, their shirts are incredibly comfortable. They are growing exponentially in the MLB, the show community, supporting probably someone you might consider one of your favorite streamers. Um, and they've got all sorts of cool stuff, all sorts of cool stuff. So go to dugoutcreative.com, coupon code KDJ TV, get your 15% off. Finally, Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy will make you cracked harder than you've ever been cracked. And it will make you hit ding-dongs and nookie-dookies farther than you've ever hit them. Uh, I prefer to drink the Rogue Hydration Formula. This is dragon fruit mango. Tastes incredible. Um, Dissolves completely in water. That's fun because it's not chalky at the very bottom like some other energy formulas might be. I prefer the hydration formula because it has all the benefits of the energy without the caffeine. It just gives you all the straight focus vitamins. So you're like shaking in your chair, but you know, you're locked in. Um, RogueEnergy.com, KDJTV is the coupon code, 10% off your entire order. They also have the energy formula. They have a shake formula if you want something a little different, uh, a lot of cool flavors. So RogueEnergy.com, KDJTV, 10% off. Okay, so we are dedicated yet smaller content creators. And no one should be judged for the size of their following. Let's get that out of the way first. If you 100%. enjoy doing what you're doing and you have a passionate little community, whether it's five people, 20 people, 2,000 people, you're doing a good job. But it can be tough sometimes to go live or post a video and then look at your live viewers or total audience and be discouraged by that if it's small. So how do you manage the ebbs and flows of just kind of being smaller? I just got to remind myself that it's not about the numbers, even though um, it's like I'm as guilty as anyone saying like, don't, don't pay attention to the numbers. I still check streams or like the stats after a stream, but I do turn the followers off just so it doesn't like bother me during stream. And I'm lucky that I'm able to do that now. Cause I was streaming straight through PS4 and it would like, no matter what pop up on the screen, like how many people are watching. And like, I wanted to find out how to make that zero. Cause I, I mean, I want to do the same thing for, one or even zero people that I would be doing for like a thousand people if it ever got to that point. 
And uh, you just got to remind yourself that it's, it's about you having fun and you providing a good environment for those who are watching you and building relationships with you. And that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. That's what, what a lot of people have thing. to remember too is, you know, your, your bigger streamers or your bigger YouTubers, your bigger content creators, sure. Do they have a larger following? Of course. Are they more popular? Maybe. But they cannot interact with the community in the same way, excuse me, a smaller content creator can. That's not to say they're not trying. Like, I love going into Scan or Thuni or Dimu streams. I swear they read almost every message they can. Nutsy, Nutsy does the same thing. Nutsy, friend of the show. We'll literally read every single message as long as it's not egregiously stupid. That's hard to do with a lot of people. As a small streamer, some people are coming to you just because they know you'll have their attention. And that's not a negative thing. That's, you know, you have the opportunity there to grow an audience, to grow a relationship with that viewer or viewers. And, you know, you get one reliable viewer who starts spreading the word. That's how, you know, it's a wildfire. Yep. There's a, there's something Jugsy, Jugsy Siegel said. And uh, I don't remember if it was like on stream or in a podcast, but he says he tries to make every single person feel like they're the only one there. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of taken away from that too. Like I kind of want to do that for people in stream. Like I want to take the time to get to know people. And it's so hard to like, I, I ask everyone what their favorite team is like when they follow or when they pop in and damn it. Is it not the hardest thing <laughs> when you don't see someone for like two weeks and yeah. They're just like, I just caught the game last night. I'm like, damn it, dude. I don't remember what your team is. Like, I'll ask what the score was. And I'm like, dude, I hope I maybe browsed ESPN and saw the scores. And I remember if it was that exact score. So I kind of remember what their team is. But it's uh, it's tough to remember sometimes. But at the same time, like, people are reasonable and they know you're trying your best. The best thing you could do is try to remember something. It doesn't have to be the favorite team. It could, you know, I, I've had people come in like, oh, Kenny had a great time today. Got to go. I'm going to the, the football game tomorrow. I got to go to sleep or whatever they say. And next time I see him, I'll be like, oh, yeah, it was the football game. Like, just, just try to remember those little, little tiny details. And, you know, people respect that. People are like, oh, shit, he remembered that throwaway thing I said. And that's how Absolutely. you really, like, show that you're paying attention. You're not just in there for, you know, putting on a show. Which I guess Absolutely. we all are trying to do to some degree, but we're trying to be more personal than that. Yeah, it's like an interactive show. And like people can see the effort and they can tell when you're being genuine. And uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's how you build those genuine, genuine relationships. Like, honestly, I don't know where I'd be during this pandemic if it wasn't for streaming because I've met so many friends. And uh, I've been, what I do for work, I travel across the country. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly surrounded by a family. So, and that's kind of like, that's really helped just making friends like that. So that, that leads me into the next thing, work-life balance. I mean, work-life and then content balance. We should throw it all in there. Talked about this with Thuni too. We talked about, about this with a lot of people. Mike Drow, I think we talked about it with. Um, it's hard to balance a career, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, depending on what you do with then trying to grow your, your little niche in the, in the content community space. Um, your job is so different though, because you're, you're not only spending those hours working, you're traveling a lot. So how do you make it work? It was uh, tough at first, but, um, first of all, we, we used to stay in Airbnbs and so we would check in ahead of time to see what their internet was like. <laughs> so that was like first priority. And my girlfriend was super, super cool to like deal with that with me. Mm. And, uh, that was number one. And then basically just streaming when I can streaming when I can. And when I feel like it, you know, cause like there's been times where I've planned to stream like after a work day or the day after a work day. And I just don't have it in me because like mm-hmm. that shift or that week just took it out of me. And I just don't have that same energy. And I think forcing it would not be a good thing. Like people can tell when you're trying to force things and you're not having a good time. And when, if you're like dragging ass or something. Mm-hmm. So basically I don't want to make it to the point where this is like a second job right now. It's a hobby. It's like, a, it's an awesome hobby. It's one of my yeah. favorite things to do. And I think about it constantly, but uh, that's kind of how I balance everything. And it's, it's a work so far. Mm-hmm. 
like, and I'm, and I'm still like figuring things out, still trying to like fine tune things and knowing when I can hit the go live button and when maybe I shouldn't, even though I want to. So I'm just trying to still navigate that. And, um, yeah, that's yeah, basically people have to realize, like, trust me, if I could be live every day, I would, but we got to keep the lights on. Like I got to work a job to, to pay, to be able to have this equipment and literally keep my Wi-Fi running and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So there has to be some leniency if like, oh, sorry guys, I got to cancel stream. I'm wiped out or, oh, I got to pick up a shift or whatever it is. Uh, and, and the best way to support your favorite smaller streamer or streamer in general, just show up, interact in chat. And if you have the means to drop a sub, buy a shirt, little things like that to smaller content creators, those things mean the world. Absolutely. Every time I get a sub from someone who I don't know, I'm like, wow, that's like, it, it's hard for me to describe on stream, like how to say thank you, because this is a stranger who likes listening to me curse at MLB, the show and Ramon for three <laughs> hours, who's giving me money to do it more. So, I mean, th- those are the best ways to, to show your appreciation to, to smaller streamers. Dude, that stuff blows my mind. Yeah. Like if someone I had, like someone I just met that day or like, I don't know, and they sub to someone, it just like, they sub to me like that is it blows my mind. Like, yeah, I had someone today in chat who I matched up with him for my first ranked game of the day. I offered him a friendly. He declined it. Then he came in my chat and was like, Hey man, sorry. I didn't mean to decline it. Do you want to still do the friendly? I'll send it back. I was like, sure. If you want a friendly, I'm, I'm down with it. I'll accept it. No big deal. You know, I I don't get pissed off if people send me friendlies too much. I accepted it. He followed the chat again. First time viewer followed the, followed the stream. And then within five minutes, subbed. I, I did not know this person. And he hung out in stream the entire time. We had a great conversation back and forth. And like, I, I know that's rare. I know that's not always how it works, but that was just like the nicest thing. Dude, those are the best, man. Yeah. I've met some of my, like some of my best friends from Twitch have been from matching up. It's, it's really cool. Really cool mm-hmm. experience. Like it's so much like for every toxic game i've experienced <laughs> in ranked seasons or something there's been something like that that happens which stands out even more than like a toxic game like i don't remember any of the toxic games but i do remember those people that came in after a game and just chatted with me for a couple minutes or like stay the whole rest of the stream and beyond that and it's mm-hmm. been awesome yeah and i you know i ended stream today with an events game that was like five or six innings. I was up by five in the last inning. He tied it, and then we went to extras, and it was back and forth and back and forth, and he ended up winning. He was really – he was cracked. Everything he hit was smoked. He came in at the end of the game. was like, yo, GG's, man, that was a roller coaster. Awesome game, <laughs> and then hit me with a follow. Just like a super nice guy, just like, you know, respect. And, you know, it makes it fun. It, it, getting a little bit of recognition like that, even just with a follow. Like, I hit 200 followers the other day. I know that's not a big number. I started streaming in – March or April, like I haven't been streaming for a long time, but it's just like I hit a milestone. Like that, that makes little awesome, streamers man. like us feel good. Hell yeah. Those like seeing even numbers like that, it's like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. It makes you want to go even harder. Mm-hmm. Go you even know, and, more. Yeah. And you know, like not every follow is going to show back up. Sometimes they're just, they're hitting the follow to, to do whatever and then they leave. Sometimes people just like hitting the follow button to see you recognize their name. That's all they care about. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's still cool. Streaming is hard. And I don't mean that as like, you know, video gaming is hard. It's not, but it's just, you're trying to focus on performing versus also paying attention to chat versus making sure your Wi-Fi hasn't dropped at any given moment versus uh, any number of thousands of little things that could be going on and any appreciation goes a long way. Really is, man. It's, it's tough. It's a lot tougher than people think. And uh, even just with like technical issues, it's it's hilarious when I first started because I streamed maybe for like 16 hours, not the same day, but over like a couple of weeks and uh, no one watched. And then Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I could go watch my VODs. (laughs) And when I watched my VODs, you couldn't hear me. Like my music was so loud that it just almost, you could hear the pixels in it that uh, I, I was like, damn, why would anyone come and watch this i had no idea that i had to do all this work to make the audio crisp and stuff like that so it it was wild and i remember uh the first time i got one viewer in my chat 
like it popped up on the screen. Mm-hmm. I literally didn't shut up trying to get this person <laughs> to talk and uh, came to realize that the one viewer in chat was just me. Yeah. But still, it was excellent practice mm-hmm. to just stream like to no one. And I, if you're just getting started out there, that is the absolute best thing you can do to try to get better is stream to no one or practice streaming to no one. Like there's a thousand people in the room. That's how you get better. That's how you start to like, just build random topics and you can talk about anything. You don't have to talk about the game. Like you can talk about food, movies, music, whatever you want, Mm -hmm. just anything to grab someone's attention. And one of the hardest things to do to get started, like technically speaking, like you mentioned is the sound stuff. It's taken me a long time to figure out the levels that I like, and I'm still not necessarily happy with it. Like I want to go back in later and play with some stuff because I watched some of my VOD back to cut a TikTok today. And I was like, Oh, that's a different sounding volume than I'd like it to be. Like I want to, I want to maybe give a little more music, but not too much because you want to be able to hear yourself. Um, I realized that my stream deck, when I do like my sound effects are not as loud as I'd like them to be. And I don't quite know how to fix that because I have the volume maxed. So (laughs) it'll work on that. Uh, you know, it's constant adjustment. You'll close Streamlabs and open it the next day, and all your settings are different for some reason. It just fucking happens. Like, it's just, you got to pay attention to that. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like, I saw people post on Twitter about that, and I never thought it could be me. Well, here I am. It's happened to me a couple times. Yeah. It's funny. When I first set up my stream, I went uh, went live for a test with my buddy who's been, he's streamed before. He doesn't really stream as much anymore. And we went through all the different levels and we FaceTimed and he was in my stream at the same time. So he could talk to me to fix stuff. I didn't know how to set up a damn thing. There were too many cords, too many plugs, what goes into where, who gets the HDMI, who like, it's just, there's, there's a lot, but once there's you get so it, once much. you get a handle on it, it's, it's easier than you think it is. It really is, man. Like, but the first time I heard about audio splitting, I was lost. Oh, I don't even like audio I know how to do. I, okay. I should probably learn how because I don't do it. Sorry, <laughs> right. it's not necessary. Like your stream sounds really good. So yeah, I just have I have my music playing um, through the desktop audio. I don't have it playing through stream. So that's how I have mine set up too. I would imagine that's the better way to do it. But again, I have no idea. I'm not a professional. Yeah, I still I still want to fine tune some things and learn a little bit more about it to have a couple have like a better sounding tiktok or stream or whatever whatever it may be mm-hmm. and uh there's just so much so much to learn there is a ton to learn and for someone like me who's like i i love watching all this stuff i'm not great at graphic design i'm not great at video editing like i know how to create nice tight short clips but i don't know how to do all like the bells and whistles with like the, the zooms and the sound effects and the stop motions and the slow-mo it's like how the i don't know how to do that so it's Me all neither, learning man. through practice is how all this works. Yeah. It, basically practice, like, like you said, is the number one thing. It is a skill and it's a skill you can get better at just because you weren't good now. doesn't mean you can't be good in like mm-hmm. a year, even yeah. six months or something like that. Yeah. And I, I have the benefit. So I know not everyone's in this position, but I work on a content team, like for my real job. So I can go to one of my like Photoshop designer people and be like, Hey, can you just like, explain this to me. And then I'll try to just kind of pick things up here and there. Like I'm, I'm good friends with some of our audio and video editors. I'm like, Hey, how'd you do that? And so I can kind of pick it up that way. Not everyone has that luxury. Oh, that's super cool, man. Yeah. Hell um, yeah. It's a benefit. Definitely. But I still, <laughs> I don't huge. want them to do it for me. I want right. them to kind of guide me along it, but I want to be the one who does it. Hell yeah. I lo- Dude. I love that mentality. Yeah, Absolutely the, the only it. things I'll have done for me, like I just had my logos mocked up because I can't draw or do any art. And I had my new stream scenes and settings laid out because that I have no idea how to do. But everything else Dude, I'm going to figure crisp. out myself. Dude, uh, those are Chris. When did you get the Ramon in the chapel? Oh, Ramon in the chapel, that I did myself. I've had that for a while. That Dude, was, I dig uh, it. I, that's just fun. You know, I like having fun on stream. It's incredible, I man. It's just Seeing like... Seeing Acuna there. Yeah, well, so here's the funny thing. So I made it in the beginning of the season with high diamond players, Trout, Acuna, Soto, and Bellinger. <laughs> and oh, now no. Bellinger is a bronze, and I don't want to take him out because I think it's funny. But he was initially in there because I was praying for high diamond players. And so they were in the church as part of the prayer. Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, that's you know, I gave Ramon a little pope 
hat thing. I don't know what you call it. Um, I, w- I was actually going to ask you in your stream how you did that because I didn't know if you found a picture of Ramon actually wearing the no. hat or if you put it on there himself. No, I himself. just cut it off. I just cut it off on Photoshop really roughly. It was like, I'll slap it on Ramon's head. That's great, man. Yeah. But yeah, if you guys don't know what he's talking about, come stop by his stream. We have, we have Absolutely. fun here. I recommend it. Thank you. And that's why Noob is here. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why Noob is here. <laughs> Noob is that's here because he's a good guy. Dude, that's absolutely fair. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. What, what other advice would you give to, to people who are even thinking about getting into content creation or who are maybe discouraged by lack of growth? Like, growth doesn't happen overnight, guys. It's, it's, it's tough. It is tough. And, like, just prepare just to see, like, don't think it's going to continually go up as far as numbers it has dips it has peaks and uh don't get discouraged if you see some sort of success and you see a dip a little bit like don't get discouraged and i need to take my own advice sometimes and like not worry about the numbers or like whatever what anyone else thinks like that's been a thing that i've thought about for not just with streaming but like through you know your young adult life your young life when you're growing up you think about what other people are thinking about you and turns out no one else is even thinking about you because everyone's kind of like doing the same thing you're doing and worrying about what everybody else is thinking of you so just do you and um be yourself and you're going to attract the same sort of people not only in stream but in your life yeah and and, uh, and do do things intentionally so my stream schedule when i create one is based off like when i know i'll have the ability to stream of course but there's also intentionality there i stream saturday or sunday mornings because every time i stream saturday or sunday mornings those streams perform better than any other stream i do during the week that might be commonplace for a lot of people that might just be me but i know that when i go live on sunday i will have more viewers in that stream than i will the rest of the week that's just how it's been that's how it goes. So I make it a point if I'm able to, to make sure I go live one of those days. And that's awesome. That's that goes on to another like subject. Know what works for you. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of people out there who do really well with making a schedule for themselves. I tried it. Not one of those people, not one of those people, especially if it's like the day after a tough work day or something. And I'm just like, dude, I, I just got to lay down. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Just, and it's, you got to do what's best for you. Like you said, like you said before, if you go live and you feel like you're going to be dragging ass, don't bother doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Or you could like even do a warm up game. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, don't even hit live play an event game or something and act like you're streaming. And if you just don't have it, then don't hit that go live button. That's something Mm -hmm. I've done a couple of times. Yeah, guys, there's a, there's many ways to get into content creation. Mine was through this podcast and I didn't even think of it as content creation at the time. I just needed someone or something to talk to or talk at because I was alone in an apartment during COVID. So this was just my outlet. And, you know, I've, I'm not going to pretend that I've made it, but like, look at all these people I'm meeting. I'm having fun meeting people in stream on the podcast, playing this game. It's, it's just a cool opportunity. That's awesome, man. Did you start the podcast before you started streaming? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Man. I started the podcast and I think literally said on the podcast multiple times, I'm never going to stream. I'm just doing this because I've always wanted to have a podcast. I love this game. Yada, 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 yada. And then as I talked to more and more content creators on the show, I was like, man, I kind of want to stream. Hell it looks yeah. like fun. Hell yeah. And then these people poisoned my mind. And here I am. <laughs> you drank the Kool-Aid, man. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I mean, delicious. It, it's uh, yeah, it's been, it's been so worth it. It's been so much fun. Um, so we've got a few more minutes before we're going to call it quits here. The Braves are NLCS. Just they took the first game, Austin Riley with the walk-off single. Oh man. So I, I, I'm team Braves for the rest of the postseason because I hate the Dodgers. I hope the Astros and Red Sox both get lost on the way to the field and never show up again. (laughs) Um, Braves in six. That's what I'm saying. I love it, man. I'm here for it. When we talk about Braves, the Braves have so many effing cards in this game. John Smoltz gets 12 of them a year. Every, every legendary Brave gets a card. Is there anybody who does not have a card from the Braves that you'd like to have one? I don't know if we can call them like legendary, 
but I would love a Raphael for call card. That was the first name. I swear to God that came to no my way. Head. I'm like, <laughs> give me the switch hitting Dude. speedy little bit of pop shortstop. He's going to be like, give him an NL rookie of the year card. He's going to be like last year's Jimmy Rollins inning boss. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. I like me some Jimmy Rollins, but I like Raphael for Carl Moore. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Great. Javi Lopez, I think is on that list too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, give him I a milestone believe- card. Oh yeah. That'd be sick, man. That'd be so sick. And uh, you know, that, new legend they came out with for like the set for ta4 their new legend i had no idea it was going to be a dude who i could put in my all-time braves team a vinny castilla oh that's right vinny castilla yeah. i was trying to think I was like yeah. who was it like damn they really they really looked at my wish list like they really knew i they know their audience and they're going after those like mid to late 90s early 2000s legends that's right and that's cool it's uh, it's so sick i'm trying it's, to think of who else on the braves would like be fun to have like you have Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox. That's basically the entire '90s right there. Uh, we have Marcus Andrew Giles and Chipper. Would be sick. Ooh, Marcus Giles, just high Love contact Marcus hitter. Giles. Yeah, he he might get some sneaky pop. I think he had the franchise record for doubles in a season for a little bit. So I don't know if he pop. still has it, but that'd probably yeah. be like seventy or eighty power, probably. Yeah, It'd be like a. I think Brian Roberts has like a 50, du- 50 double milestone card. Mm-hmm. I think Marcus Giles had like 52 doubles in the season one okay. year. So I think they could make it like the same thing. This dude was just ripped. I'm pretty sure he was on roids, but Marcus, that's yeah, wasn't he also there. like five, six? He was a tiny. He shooter. was, he was very, very small. The Braves in their short second baseman. First Marcus Giles, now <laughs> Ozzy Albies. I love it. <laughs> I think Ozzy's a little more talented than Marcus. Oh, Giles, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> dude. If we can get Ozzy not to be so aggressive in the box, like he's going to jump to the next level. I mean, he's already amazing. Yeah, but he does chase some chase some questionable pitches. Who do you think uh, Braves finest has to be Austin Riley, right? I hope it's Austin Riley, man. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be pissed off at a finest Freddie Freeman, but I'm still waiting on that Freddie MVP mm-hmm. MV free. I actually uh, made the bold prediction. He was going to be the new BR reward card MVP Freddie Freeman. I, I mean, like, when you look at it, you, you weren't man. terribly far off because they gave it to another live series player. Yeah, yeah. I can see it maybe happening for the next one. Or like maybe in a forever event thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be I just don't see – it's too late to give us that card. We should have had the MVP Freddy so early in the year. Yeah, man. Uh, like some like, of the content timing. It, like I love the silly. content, but the timing, the timing is just interesting. It would be really to cool to start out every game cycle with, hey, guys, welcome to MLB The Show 22. Here are the first 99s you can earn last year's award winners. Here's 99 Freddie. Here's 99, like, welcome Dude, to the new sick. game. Here's the old stuff you wanted. That's, that's maybe, how they should start it. Like, maybe that should be the live series collection rewards. Maybe they should yeah. base it off of, like, how what people did the season prior. That'd be cool. Like, one of the MVPs is the the whole collection, and the other one is the NL or the AL. Or we make those two problems. the MVPs. Yeah, yeah we, we just, just saw a bunch of problems. We just did. Ramon, if you're listening. Um, and and we, we know that you are. We yeah. know. I sent you an AIM message earlier in the day. <laughs> I'm going to need you to open that tab. Up. That's AOL Instant Messenger. And, uh, Messenger, excuse me, Ramon. I know you have an AIM. It's probably like yeah. Swaggy Rip Dude 47 or something like that. 100%. And make sure you just uh, turn the volume down when you open the tab for the first 10, 15 seconds. <laughs> it's us screaming at you (laughs) yeah (laughs) um awesome dude so this has been so much fun before we go tell the people where they can find you and what they should expect from you on a stream or in a youtube video things like that um you can find me twitch.tv backslash the show noob um no caps in there you can find me on twitter at uh, at the show noob again and youtube also the show noob and when we stream, it's pretty chill time. Like we just usually play some event, BR, rank seasons, whatever it is. We do the occasional friendly day. Um, as far as like very soon in the near future, we're probably just going to do a lot of team builds and stuff like that. So if you just want to chill time and prepared for me to talk your ear up, I, it's very rare I shut up. Although some people <laughs> might want me to shut up, but sorry, it's not going to happen. And also you're going to have fun correcting my English. So if you know English very well, please stop in and teach me a little. 
and I can confirm noob streams are a lot of fun, low key, chill, interactive with chat. One, one of the nicest guys in our community. I mean, that's I appreciate you, man. Appreciate that, dude. Absolutely. So, so, so happy to be on, man. Yeah, this was this was a great just like fate just happening because I was like, shit, I don't know who to talk to today. Let's talk to noob. <laughs> you it can always great. talk to noob. Anyone can always <laughs> talk to noob. Guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't heard of Noob before, please, please, please go check him out. Drop him a follow on anywhere you can follow or subscribe to things. And, uh, you know, maybe you can help him with his grammar or his English. I so. need it real bad. <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Talk hey, to you thanks all. Thanks for having me, man. Next week. <laughs>